Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. I want to give you a little bit of an understanding of once you receive the Holy Spirit, how He wants to work in your life. Nothing real lengthy or anything like that. I just want to share a scripture with you tonight. Kind of give us a idea of where God's going to take us here over these next few moments. So if there's a chair nearby, you can sit down if you want or if you keep standing. Whatever's comfortable to you is fine. I just don't want you to be caught. read from you read read for you from the end of John now I want to go back to the beginning of John where John the beloved or John the apostle is writing about a guy named John the Baptist two different people John the Baptist is having a service basically at, at the Jordan River and he's baptizing people John chapter 1 verse 29 and says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I did not, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent him, uh, sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Some of your translations will say, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. See, many times we get, we, we kind of understand that we, we call the presence of God sometimes, we call that the Holy Spirit of God or what God wants to, you know, like the atmosphere around us as the Holy Spirit of God. But what we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, right? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's three of them, but they're one. They're one being and three different personifications. So there's God the Father. We saw that. And in this portion of Scripture, it's very clear how this is portrayed. Jesus comes and John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River. And as John the Baptist brings Jesus up out of the water, the Bible says the heavens open up. And this voice comes from heaven. Matthew even talks about there's this voice that comes from heaven and says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So this is God the Father speaking. And then the Bible also says that there was, that John says there is the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, Jesus the Son, descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, right? So now we have the clear picture, all three in one place at one time, God the Father, God the Son, and now God the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And I love this about God, how he is so peculiar and so particular and so detailed in his message to us. 
You know, when you read things like this, don't just take little things for granted. Understand and dig into God's Word. That's why it's important for us not just to read God's Word. That's a great starting place. But study God's Word. And so the Bible says that this, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove in the form like a dove. Now, that's kind of like why, right? For me, that's why I ask the question, why? Don't you want to know why? I mean, sometimes I read things and you're like, that's peculiar. Like, he could have picked anything else. Why? Why something, you know, like, like how about an eagle? That's a good one. Like, like I would have, you know, had a nice eagle come down or, you know, some like hawk, you know, like, you know, and have just like this awesome experience. But God sent the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove in this moment for a huge reason. And if as you begin to study God's Word, a real good way to start in a study like this when you're not sure what's happening or why it's in there is to go back in the Bible as far as you can to the very first occurrence of what you're talking about. So here we're talking about a dove. The first place that a dove was ever mentioned in the Bible is all the way back in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 where Noah, everybody knows Noah, right? Noah had, you know, he was 600 years old. God tells him to build an ark. Noah begins to build an ark. Water covers the earth. A flood comes. Noah and his family are safe in the ark. There's water over the earth for 150 days. Noah's ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat. And then it sat there for another 150 days. And, and as, they, as they're there, and God begins to speak to Moses. And Moses goes up to the top of the ark to figure out whether or not it's safe to come out. Many of us don't realize this, but the ark had a sunroof. He got the options, right? It was like the premium limited package. He had the options. So he had got the sunroof in his ark. And he goes up and opens up the sunroof and he sends out a raven, right? The raven never comes back. Mostly because <laughs> the raven is a dirty bird. <laughs> it's a rat bird, right? It, the, the raven, it's, it's, its main source of food is what's called carrion or dead rotting flesh. That's why the raven never came back, because there was death all over the world. Everything had died in the flood except for what was inside the ark. So the raven had plenty to eat off of. But Noah also sends out a dove, and the dove flies around, and there was nothing for the dove. See, the dove won't eat anything of death. The dove's diet consists basically of seeds and of life. This is why the Holy Spirit guides us into life. It's when Jesus breathed on them, he breathed into them life. As God the Father breathed into Adam, he breathed into them life, seeds of life. And then the dove flew around, came back. Noah waited another seven days, sends out the dove again, and the dove flies around. And this time the dove comes back with a, an olive branch, right? And this is why this is, I love this about the Lord. Anytime you've ever, and we know this to this day, if someone extends to you an olive branch, what is now that a sign of? peace. The Holy Spirit always brings peace. You can relax. But the other part of that olive branch is that it's from an olive tree, right? And that's actually where they would get the olives and they would press those olives and make it for their anointing oil to anoint over the priests and the future kings of Israel. They would take that olive oil and, 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 and from it, it was the signification of the Hebrew letter Kuf. I don't got a lot of time to go into that, but they took it and would anoint the next king from this ear over and around to the next ear. And it was in the, in the same form as the Hebrew letter Kuf, which is also the same shape as the wing of a dove. The dove's wings both have nine feathers on either side. This side has nine feathers, this side has nine feathers. 
There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5. The, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, there's, I kind of categorize them in three different ways. Just to help us understand how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through you. And these gifts are for you. For everybody can enjoy all of these gifts. Right, so they're easy. It's easy to kind of categorize them this way from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's gifts that make us think like God, gifts that help us to speak like God, and then gifts that help us to act like God. Gifts that help us think like God are gifts of wisdom, give you information. You need the info sometimes. Sometimes you need info the world doesn't want to give you, and the world's trying to hide from you, and the Holy Spirit is going to let you know exactly what you need to know when you need to know it. Come on. It's gifts of wisdom. There's gifts of knowledge. Gifts of, of information is knowledge, and wisdom is what to do with that information. And then there's also gifts of discernment, being able to decide whether or not it's of God or not. Can I tell you the one gift this day and age that the church really needs is the gift of discernment. Listen, just because it's popular does not mean it's of God. Just because the majority voted for it does not mean it's of God. Majority and popularity does not determine morality in the presence of God. So we can, we're able to discern. So those are the three gifts that help us to think like God. A nice big theological word is uh, 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 gifts of revelation, right? And then there's gifts that help us speak like God or proclamation, right? It's gifts of speaking in tongues. We'll talk about that in a moment. Gifts of interpretation of tongues. And then gifts of prophecy. That we speak the word and the faith of Jesus Christ. So those are those three gifts together. And then there's also gifts of demonstration or gifts that help us act like God. Those gifts would be gifts of miracles. Something that is just beyond the realm of possibility in the natural world to happen and God causes it to happen. That's a miracle. There's gifts of healing. When God touches your gift of healing. And then there's also gifts of faith. Gifts to help us increase our trust and our belief in God that we can step out and take greater risks for the glory of God that we've never taken before. So those are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then there's the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. And without the, with, without the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts are no good. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but kind of being born and raised around a church that celebrates the moving of the Holy Spirit like this, sometimes there's people that can manipulate that and take it into our emotions. And we got to be careful about that. But there's also moments when we need to understand that God comes in with peace. He comes in with joy. He comes in with love. He comes in with faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. It draws people unto the Lord. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that those are the wings on either side. But I love the last part of just finishing up this whole dove thing, because I can and I want to, and I got the mic and you're listening. Ephesians chapter 4 says there are five ministry gifts that are here to equip you for every good work that God has predestined for you to accomplish. Isn't that what I even talked about from Ephesians chapter 2 this morning? That God has given you a measure of grace. He has set you into destiny for a purpose and a plan in your life. That God has given you a fire to reach your purpose and plan that he has in your life. The f on the tail feather of a dove are five main feathers. 
So the five gifts that God gives to the church according to Ephesians chapter 4, I kind of do it with my hand because it helps me remember it easier this way. The thumb, I call it, is the apostle, right? The apostle comes and he works along with prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and he helps lead and guide the church as a whole. There's different people throughout the world that have an apostolic gift upon their life that work in the prophetic and work as an evangelist and work with pastors and give wonderful teaching. Somebody that I'm sure that many of you know that I know he's been here several times that I consider to have an apostolic gift in his life is Johannes Armritzer. He, uh, to me, he is a modern-day apostle for the glory of Jesus Christ. So that's the thumb, right? Works with all the other ones, right? But then there's also the prophet, right? The prophet is very uncomfortable because he points a lot of things out, right? A lot of times we assume all this prophecy is like, you know, somebody comes up and says, oh, God wants to bless you. His presence is for you. He's good and joy. And while that's definitely some of it, the prophet really gets specific. Somebody ever comes to you and says they have a word of prophecy for you and it's some big general jargon, take it with a grain of salt, thank them and walk away and let it go back out the other ear. All right. A prophet is very specific. He points things out. Uh, for instance, even this morning, somebody even came to me this morning and, and it happens on regular occurrence. They say, how did, how did you know what to pray for? How, how did you begin to speak that into my life? Because God, there's companion gifts. God works these gifts together. He gives gifts of knowledge and wisdom. And so I felt like I had a word of, of knowledge for someone and I began to pray that and speak that out into their life and prophetically speak over them. And God takes gifts and uses them together. So much even like faith and healing, it takes faith to believe for a healing, that you step out and tell somebody to get out of a wheelchair, it takes faith to pick them up. When Peter and John went to the lame man at the gate called Beautiful going to church, the guy that he didn't get healed until they actually reached down and pick him up. So it takes faith, so there's gifts that work together. So this is the gift of the prophet, that he points things out, right? So you got the apostle, you got the prophet, and then you got the evangelist, right? He the middle finger. What? What? Sometimes the evangelist is abrasive, right? But oftentimes he's out in front and he's reaching people that the others can't reach. He's getting to people that the others can't get to. That's what an evangelist does. We're all called to do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to reach our loved ones for the glory of Jesus Christ, right? So you got the prophet, you got the, uh, you got the apostle, prophet, evangelist, now you got the pastor. The pastor is married to the church. She cares and she guides for the church. She walks alongside you. She'll be there when you're in sickness, whenever your family's going through tragedy and pain. She'll be there to cheer you on. She'll be there to marry you and encourage you along the way on the greatest day of your life. The pastor is married to the church. They're the ones that stick around the flock and, and, and encourage them, right? That, that's, that's the pastor. And then you got the teacher, right? The teacher, oftentimes the most neglected out of all the five ministry gifts, right? A teacher that oftentimes we think is not important, a lot of times we call, we call people that when, they, when they're speaking, if they're not like getting with it and spitting like I do or whatever, we don't waste all, they're just teaching. Well, that's not true. Teaching is actually bringing up disciples, helping people in their walk with the Lord. That's what a teacher does. It lets people learn more about God, right? And oftentimes we think that's the most neglected gift of them all, but here's the deal. If you were to lose your pinky, you lose over 80% of your gripping power. You can't grasp without your pinky. 
Say, Tailbone, am I saying if we lose di discipleship in church, if we don't sharpen one another and helping one another along in our walk and our knowledge of the Lord, we will lose full grasp of what the God wants to do in our life. So those are the five ministry gifts, but they're all there to equip you to navigate through life. The dove uses its tail feathers to navigate through the winds of the world. This is what the ministry gifts are for, to help you navigate and help you perform and do what God has asked you to do in your life. So that's the wonderful truth about the Holy Spirit and the dove, right? But John goes on to say that he would baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire, right? Fire for what? It's like the prophet said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't help but let out the glory of God that's on the inside of me. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is not just to bring you peace and comfort, although that's one of his main roles. He's a paraclete, he's a comforter. He'll stick close with you. He'll guide you into all truth. But Jesus said in John chapter 16 that the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring glory and honor to the Son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the one that died on the cross. Jesus is the one that got up out of the grave. And it's in the name of Jesus that man is saved. So the power of the Holy Spirit is now available for us to be a witness for Him. Not to be the judge and the jury, but to be the witness for the glory of God. That we give people opportunity to be connected to the same source of love and peace that we are now connected to. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And this is why this is so powerful tonight. That think about this. You're going to be able to go home tonight and maybe your friends or your family member that's sitting in your living room can't believe you came out to church on a Sunday night. You are going to be so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that when you step into that room, God's going to be able to give you gifts of wisdom or knowledge or discernment. You might be able to lay your hands on that loved one that's been laid up in that wheelchair and they're going to get out in the name of Jesus because of the power and the grace of God that is alive and moving inside of you right now. It all starts with receiving what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Full immersion. Being, God, I surrender everything I have to the power of God. Now, God is a God of, air, of clarity and order. You will not be, you'll not have to worry about and wonder whether or not did I receive the baptism? Do I have the power of God inside of me? Is this really working? Like, you, there'll be no doubt in your mind. Just as it is when you're saved. I've never had to convince anybody they're saved. Never once. I've never had to convince anybody that when you're saved, you know you're saved. You know, if there's doubt in your mind of whether or not you're saved, you're not. I know that I say, I'm saved. I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded. I know I'm saved. And the first outward sign that happens is, is that I start living a life closer and closer to Jesus every day. That's the first outward sign that happens. And then once I'm saved, I'm also water baptized because I want what's on the inside of me to also be shown what's on the outside of me. And so we, we have these moments and times and you can go uh, to the Freedom Valley app or ask one of the pastors or somebody, if you've yet to be water baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. They do it here on a regular basis. All that is, it's a symbol that when you go down into the water, it's a symbol that the old life is gone. And when you come up out of the water, it's a symbol that you are now living by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
It's not, it's not a deeper commitment. It's walking in obedience with the Lord because Jesus did it and he asked us to do it as well. It's saying, God, I'm with you. What is on the inside of me is now going to change what is on the outside of me. And the first outward sign that happens when you get water baptized is that you get wet. Come on. I want to encourage you with this tonight. At your water baptism, if you didn't get wet, you may want to get a mulligan, right? Get a redo. Ask, ask for your money back or something. I don't know. Because it didn't go right. You should have gotten wet. Right? So when you're saved, you begin to live a life closer to the Lord. When you get water baptized, you get wet. And just as it is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a way that you will know. God is a God of clarity and order. Now, this is where people start getting freaked out. They say, I don't want to speak in tongues. You don't have to. You just won't ever receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say, so why does it have to be speaking in tongues? Why does that have to be the first outward sign? Why? The Lord spoke the world into existence. Proverbs says our tongue has the power to speak life or death. Jesus said, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. And according to Acts chapter 2, 10, and 19, every believer that was baptized in the Holy Spirit, they did a lot of different things. Some of them magnified God, some of them prophesied, some of them glorified the Lord, but every one of them began to speak in a language that they hadn't spoken in before. The book of James says that our tongue, even though it's the smallest part of our body, Wherever our tongue goes, the rest of our body and our life goes that way. It's the hardest part of our body to tame. Just like the rudder on a ship. Even though that rudder is one of the smallest parts of a ship, whichever way that rudder points, the whole ship has to go that direction. So it is when we are immersed, when we are full of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, why wouldn't it be that the hardest part of our body to tame we make it come under submission as the Holy Spirit gives us the ability, we begin to speak in a language that is not our own. Now, I want to say this to you. It's not God reaching his arm down out of heaven and grabbing hold of your tongue and flapping it around. It's you speaking. You make a conscious decision. You're not going to like pass out in some catatonic state and like wonder what just happened. No, that's not of God. God doesn't make you pass out. God gives you power to live. He doesn't make you incoherent. He makes you more aware of what he's doing in your life. So tonight, this is power to be a witness. It opens up the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It opens up an avenue that we are now able to receive even in a deeper way from the five ministry gifts so that we can be equipped to reach every one of our friends and our family members that do not know the Lord. Say, Tim, how does that work? How would our family members know more about God because we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? The day of Pentecost, when it happens, the power of the Holy Spirit gets poured out. People start coming around asking questions. What is happening? What are they doing in there? They're just a bunch of uneducated fishermen. Why, do they, why are they speaking in my language? How is that working with them? And then people, like even... the people come and ask me all the time those they'll they'll find on our on our website or on, our, on, on some social media things some miracle that happened or things that have happened in our lives they go how does that happen can you make that happen for me you know and they want to ask questions when when the supernatural begins to happen it causes curiosity to rise up and people want to know what happened they want to know why let me tell you something when people begin to ask you questions about God it's a whole lot easier to lead them to him 
This is what the power of the Holy Spirit does. It just raises up a boldness inside of us. He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Tonight, in this room, we are going to believe for miracles and signs and wonders to happen because the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us in this room right now. We told you we were going to pray for miracles and healings. We're definitely going to do that. But how amazing would it be if it wasn't just me praying for people and seeing miracles happen, but how awesome would it be that all of a sudden everybody in the room is now in equipped, power-infused, Holy Spirit, tongue-speaking for the glory of God person that walks out and ministers to every person you come in contact with. It's almost like the Apostle Peter that when he was walking down even the streets and the roads of towns, the Bible said that he Peter was so infused with the power of God that even as his shadow passed over people, they were touched by the power of God because Peter was so saturated with the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. I wonder how many of us in the room tonight, we say, Tim, we have friends and family members that do not know the Lord. Come on, if that's you, lift your hand right where you are. Yeah. How many, how many would like to see them know Jesus as their Savior? Well, here's the deal. God wants to use you. We, we pray all the time, you know, God, he'll save our loved ones, do this, do that. And meanwhile, God said, I'm trying to, and I'm trying to reach them through you. The answer to your prayer just might be you. Let's be open and available to what God has for us tonight. Amen. Come on, would you stand in this house with me? watch God do miracles and signs and wonders all the time. God is a good God. We've delivered his word this week. I know your pastor and the team here has delivered God's word week after week after week. And when you, when you give God's word, God confirms his word. So I believe that's going to happen tonight. No doubt in my mind. I, I, listen, I believe this. God's going to cause blood levels to come back into order. Right? Like even just last week, God, God gave me a word of knowledge that someone was going to come and receive a new spleen. I've never prayed for a new spleen in my life. You started making me think of different organs that I've never thought of before. But I mean, that's weird. I said, God's going to give somebody a new spleen. I said that on Sunday morning and just kind of said it and then went on with it. And then I'm praying with somebody on, on Monday night this past week in Harrisburg. And she's, I said, what do you need prayer for? She goes, I need a new spleen. Stop it. Right? So God has that way. So there's going to be moments in time where, where God's going to speak a certain specific thing. And listen, here's the deal. When God reveals it, he heals it. It's not just a catchy saying. It's truth. When God reveals things, he heals things. So tonight, let's be open to whatever God has for us tonight. We're, they're, they're going to continue to lead us for a little bit longer. We're not going to run a marathon here tonight, anything like that. But God's presence is so good in this house. How many have already received a touch from the Lord tonight? I mean, God's presence is good. Come on, all over this place, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Lift your heart to the Lord. Say, Tim, why do we do this? Because it's surrender. It gets us out of our comfort zone. It says, God, we surrender to you right now. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender our minds. We surrender our words. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, Lord. You're our rock. You're our redeemer. We trust you. God, have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just begin to thank God for all he's done in your life. Begin to thank the Lord for all he's done. for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Well, it's good to see you. I wonder what some of you did with your past three hours. Might have been great. I traveled the country. Uh, I saw many things. Anyway, tonight is going to be a little bit different than many Freedom Valley services you've been to, and and sometimes we get some, some complaints, some weird complaints, like like things are too formulaic, which I don't feel like we're a very formulaic church. Things are always different, right? Like we're always doing different things, but people are like, I know what to expect. And let me tell you something about tonight. You have no idea what to expect tonight, because we have no idea what to expect tonight. We're, we're, we believe that God, we, we work as if it depends on us, but we believe it depends on God, and we plan, and we prep, and we practice, and we, we put a lot of effort into everything we do, but for this service, all of that effort was put into just trusting God that he would know what he's doing. So if you're here tonight, and I want to tell you that we're here to follow the Holy Spirit wherever he'll lead to the point that even the worship team a few seconds ago said, let's just follow God. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing together. We're going to pray together. We're going to believe God together. We're going to hand Tim the mic and he's going to follow God where he leads. And we're going to listen to him with, with attentive ears and follow where he leads us. And, and the Holy Spirit knows where we're going to end up. God has something in store for us that we're going to follow him into. But we're not going to follow him being dragged. We're not going to follow him begrudgingly. We're not going to be like, oh, okay. We're going to enter into his place with the same vibrancy and passion and selflessness we always do. So we're going to start out singing a few songs together uh, before Tim comes and encourages us and leads us in prayer. So the worship team is going to lead us, and we're going to believe God to, to lead them. And Tim's going to lead us, we're going to believe God to lead Tim, and we're going to follow them into the the presence of our God into the healing of the Holy Spirit into the next level for us as a church. You guys ready to do that tonight? Now I want to give you some parameters for that because you, you might be like, well, what does that mean? You know, in our regular services, we tell you to stand, to raise your hands, to, to pray, and we want to make sure we're not distracting anyone or discouraging anyone or causing any confusion, but, but here tonight, what we're doing very intentionally is creating space, right? might look around and say there's a lot of open chairs great okay well I wish there were more people but great use them 
If you need to move to find a, a, a private place away from your loved one, or you need to kneel at the altar, you need to stand in the back, if you, whatever it is that you need to do so that you're, you're not distracting anyone, you're not disrupting anyone, but you're creating your space to worship God, you do that. You know, I work in youth ministry, and every Wednesday we tell the kids, find a place, space where you won't be distracted. And some of them immediately go to the back corner away from their friends. And some of them come right up to the front where they can be. And some just stay in their seats. And I'm going to trust that you can, you can manage what my teenagers can manage. And I'll say, you, you worship God the way you need to worship God without causing a distraction to anyone else. So stand up, move around, raise your hands, kneel where you're at, whatever you got to do to enter into God's presence, because we're going to follow him and we're going to worship together. So let's get started. If, if you need to stand, stand. If you need to move, move. If you need to sit on the floor, sit on the floor. And you follow God into his presence as we worship together. Heavenly Father, this time is set aside completely for you. It is, it is open for you to move. We are here to follow you in whatever you ask us, Holy Spirit, because we want an outpouring of your presence. And we can't do in man's wisdom what God wants to do in his timing. So lead us and guide us as we patiently wait on your presence tonight, expecting an outpouring of miracles, of signs, of wonders, of healing, of hope, of words of wisdom, words of knowledge, of prophecy, of, of, of just confirmations of, of the work you've already done this weekend. So lead and guide us into all wisdom and knowledge and favor. Just, just lead us, Lord. Lead us. As we follow you, we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's worship
want you to I can't always go by feeling but I, I want you to for the lack of a better word I want you to feel safe alright this is a place where you can reach out to God and hear from him and one of really our one of our main goals for doing things like this is for us to learn and understand that we can do this in more places than just when we gather here on a special night. You can do this in your home, in your car, in your workplace, walking through the grocery store. You can have encounters with the presence of God. And as we were singing along and praying and asking the Lord how we'd want us to kind of move forward in this tonight, Amelia went to John chapter 20 after Jesus. He had already died and on Friday, was in the grave Saturday, and was resurrected Sunday morning. Oftentimes we, we concentrate on what Jesus is doing and we forget all the other people that were in the story, right? You know, at this point it's 10 disciples, you know, that, that are gathered together in this upper room in Jerusalem, and the Bible says here that they actually have the doors locked, the windows shut and the doors locked for fear. For fear. By this point, this, this is Sunday night. Their friends had already seen Jesus. Peter and John had already had an encounter with the empty tomb. They had already had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Mary had already known that Jesus had, was alive. But yet they still went back to this room and closed the doors and locked everything up for fear of people and fear of what others might have, fear of whatever might happen to them. It's, it's, it's almost kind of mind-boggling to me that they locked themselves in after Jesus just defeated death, hell, and the grave. I mean, it, it's, it's unreal what God did. But this is what we do. Think about this. These disciples, they, they had seen him perform miracles and signs and wonders. It was just... Really, a few weeks earlier than that, they watched him speak into a, a tomb and call Lazarus out. They watched him bring sight back to people's eyes, bring people up out of, out of lameness and being paralyzed, casting demons out of people. And yet, after even they saw the resurrection, they still closed themselves in. Sometimes we build walls up between us and what God wants to do. Sometimes we kind of overwhelm ourselves and I, I, I want to read this to you so you get the full picture in verse 19 it says that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders suddenly Jesus was standing there among them that's awesome he said peace be with you as he spoke he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord and again he said peace be with you as the Father has sent me so now I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. See, we can build all the walls we want to, but I got news here. We can try and shelter ourselves in so that we're not taking a risk or so the world can't attack us anymore or whoever hurt us in the past can't get to us anymore. We lock ourselves in, but I want I love this about the Lord. The disciples and all their friends lock themselves in the room. But John says... Suddenly, Jesus was in the room. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus, we have a suddenly encounter with Jesus. 
You might have locked every door, closed every window, pushed everybody out of your life that you possibly could to try and live yourself alone and be isolated so you'll never be hurt again. But I got news for you. You can't lock Jesus out. You can't keep him away from you. His love goes further than any of our fear could ever imagine. And Jesus steps into the room and he says, peace be with you. Regardless of the tragedy, regardless of the loss, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the pain, Jesus steps in the room and says, peace be with you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to bring us peace and comfort tonight. I know in, in a few moments we're, we're going to gather around these altars. We're going to pray for miracles and signs and wonders, but I feel like walls need to be broken down first. I believe we need to have an encounter with Jesus right here, right now, in this room. That Jesus is going to step in. He's going to say, peace be with you, and he's going to breathe on you, and you are going to receive the peace of the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus breathed on them, this was a powerful sign. It wasn't just Jesus wanting to... If you were to go back all the way in the beginning of time, when God created Adam, in Genesis chapter 2, God gets all the dirt and pulls it together, and he forms Adam. But Adam wasn't alive until God breathed into Adam. Then, of course, we know Adam and Eve sin and fall and cause death to come into this world. And when Jesus dies, Jesus is referred to throughout Scripture as the second Adam, that he came in and restored life. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Adam and Eve were kicked out of having regular communion and relationship with the Lord. But when Jesus died, he restored our order. He restored relationship with God the Father. And when he breathed on them, he was signifying the same life force that God the Father breathed into Adam is the same life force that Jesus is breathing into you. It was the air of God the Father that breathed into the nostrils of the dead body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, when he got up out of the tomb he now has the life source the greatest life source of all time the Holy Spirit of God this is how we are alive we are made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit some of us have just been existing we've just kind of been barely getting by I got news for you tonight in the name of Jesus the Lord is going to breathe on you and you are going to receive the source of life you are now going to live life and life more abundantly by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. This is your moment. This is tonight. Right here and right now. Come on, all over this place. Would you lift your hands in this house for just the next few moments? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted by anything or anybody, anything that might be going on in and around you or what you have to, what you had to leave at your home this afternoon and where you're worried you got to go tomorrow and all that needs to happen. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus right here and right now. He's stepping into our room and he is saying, peace be with you. He's about to breathe on you and you're going to experience the breath of the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, allow peace to be spoken into your life right now in Jesus name hallelujah I trust you Lord God we don't have to fear anymore 
We don't have to be distracted anymore. We trust you right now. Peace. Peace. Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
step into the room. Step into the room right now, Jesus. Tim, you know what? I, I want to step forward tonight. Tonight I want to say, Lord, I'm stepping out of this room with you. I receive the peace of God. I receive the safety of God in this house. Come on, if that's you tonight, say, Tim, you know what? That's what I've been isolating myself. I need, I need God to speak peace to me. Whether it's anxiety or for whatever it might be. Come on, that's it. Lift your hand good and high. Now look, I'm going to ask you to get real bold. I'm going to ask you to come and just stand with us here in the front for a few moments. Because we're going to gather and we're going to pray together. We're the body of Christ. We're not alone in this. Come on, if that's you, you got your hand up. That's it. Come as quick as you can. As quickly as you can. Jesus. Come on, you're going to call to him and he's going to rescue you. You're not alone. You're not in a sinking ship. You're not, you're not failing anymore. You're not just going to tread water. You're not just barely going to exist. But the peace of God is going to swell up in your soul tonight. The Holy Spirit is going to breathe breath of fresh life into you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you have a friend or a family member up here, I'd invite you not to let them be up here alone. The prayer team, I want to invite you to engage tonight and, and pray with folks. If you're if you're a part of that, that's awesome. Let's let's be a part of the, what the family of God is all about. We're not alone in this tonight. Come on, for just the next few moments, as these guys continue to lead us and guide us, let's allow the peace of God to rule and reign in this place right here and right now tonight. In Jesus' name.
song of a set.
give you a little bit of an understanding of once you receive the Holy Spirit how he wants to work in your life nothing real lengthy or anything like that I just want to share a scripture with you tonight kind of give us a idea of where God's going to take us here over these next few moments so there's a chair nearby you can sit down if you want or if you keep standing whatever's comfortable to you is fine I just don't want you to be caught read from you read read for you from the end of John now I want to go back to the beginning of John where John the beloved or John the apostle is writing about a guy named John the Baptist two different people John the Baptist is having a service basically at, at the Jordan River and he's baptizing people John chapter 1 verse 29 and says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have, not, but I have been baptizing with water so that you, he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I, did not, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent, him, uh, sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Some of your translations will say, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. See, many times we get, we, we kind of understand that we, we call the presence of God sometimes, we call that the Holy Spirit of God or what God wants to, you know, like the atmosphere around us as the Holy Spirit of God. But what we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, right? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's three of them, but they're one. They're one being and three different personifications. So there's God the Father. We saw that. And in this portion of Scripture, it's very clear how this is portrayed. Jesus comes and John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River. And as John the Baptist brings Jesus up out of the water, the Bible says the heavens open up. And this voice comes from heaven. Matthew even talks about there's this voice that comes from heaven and says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So this is God the Father speaking. And then the Bible also says that there was, the, that John says there is the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, Jesus the Son, descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, right? So now we have the clear picture, all three in one place at one time, God the Father, God the Son, and now God the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And I love this about God, how he is so peculiar and so particular and so detailed in his message to us. You know, when you read things like this, don't just take little things for granted. Understand and dig into God's word. That's why it's important for us not just to read God's word. That's a great starting place. But study God's word. And so the Bible says that this, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove in the form like a dove. Now, 
that's kind of like why, right? For me, that's why I ask the question, why? Don't you want to know why? I mean, sometimes I read things and you're like, that's peculiar. Like, he could have picked anything else. Why? Why something, you know, like, like how about an eagle? That's a good one. Like, like I would have, you know, had a nice eagle come down or, you know, some like hawk, you know, that, you know, and have just like this awesome experience. But God sent the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove in this moment for a huge reason. And if as you begin to study God's Word, a real good way to start in a study like this when you're not sure what's happening or why it's in there is to go back in the Bible as far as you can to the very first occurrence of what you're talking about. So here we're talking about a dove. The first place that a dove was ever mentioned in the Bible is all the way back in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 where Noah, everybody knows Noah, right? Noah had, you know, he was 600 years old. God tells him to build an ark. Noah begins to build an ark. Water covers the earth. A flood comes. Noah and his family are safe in the ark. There's water over the earth for 150 days. Noah's ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat. And then it sat there for another 150 days. And, and as, they, as they're there, and the, God begins to speak to Moses. And Moses goes up to the top of the ark to figure out whether or not it's safe to come out. Many of us don't realize this, but the ark had a sunroof. He got the options, right? It was like the premium limited package. He had the options. So he had got the sunroof in his ark. And he goes up and opens up the sunroof and he sends out a raven, right? The raven never comes back. Mostly because <laughs> the raven is a dirty bird. <laughs> it's a rat bird, right? It, the, the raven, it's, it's, its main source of food is what's called carrion or dead rotting flesh. That's why the raven never came back, because there was death all over the world. Everything had died in the flood except for what was inside the ark. So the raven had plenty to eat off of. But Noah also sends out a dove, and the dove flies around, and there was nothing for the dove. See, the dove won't eat anything of death. The dove's diet consists basically of seeds and of life. This is why the Holy Spirit guides us into life. It's so when Jesus breathed on them, he breathed into them life. As God the Father breathed into Adam, he breathed into them life, seeds of life. And then the dove flew around, came back. Noah waited another seven days, sends out the dove again, and the dove flies around. And this time the dove comes back with a, an olive branch, right? And this is why this is, I love this about the Lord. Anytime you've ever, and we know this to this day, if someone extends to you an olive branch, what is now that a sign of? peace. The Holy Spirit always brings peace. You can relax. But the other part of that olive branch is that it's from an olive tree, right? And that's actually where they would get the olives and they would press those olives and make it for their anointing oil to anoint over the priests and the future kings of Israel. They would take that olive oil and, 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 and from it, it was the signification of the Hebrew letter Kuf. And I don't got a lot of time to go into that, but they took it and would anoint the next king from this ear over and around to the next ear. And it was in the, in the same form as the Hebrew letter Kuf, which is also the same shape as the wing of a dove. The dove's wings both have nine feathers on either side. This side has nine feathers, this side has nine feathers. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5. The, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, there's, I kind of categorize them in three different ways. 
just to help us understand how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through you. And these gifts are for you, for everybody can enjoy all of these gifts. Right, so they're easy. It's easy to kind of categorize them this way from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's gifts that make us think like God, gifts that help us to speak like God, and then gifts that help us to act like God. Gifts that help us think like God are gifts of wisdom, give you information. You need the info sometimes. Sometimes you need info the world doesn't want to give you, and the world's trying to hide from you, and the Holy Spirit is going to let you know exactly what you need to know when you need to know it. Come on. It's gifts of wisdom. There's gifts of knowledge. Gifts of, of information is knowledge, and wisdom is what to do with that information. And then there's also gifts of discernment, being able to decide whether or not it's of God or not. Can I tell you the one gift this day and age that the church really needs is the gift of discernment. Listen, just because it's popular does not mean it's of God. Just because the majority voted for it does not mean it's of God. Majority and popularity does not determine morality in the presence of God. So we can, we're able to discern. So those are the three gifts that help us to think like God. A nice big theological word is uh, 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 gifts of revelation, right? And then there's gifts that help us speak like God or proclamation, right? It's gifts of speaking in tongues. We'll talk about that in a moment. Gifts of interpretation of tongues. And then gifts of prophecy. That we speak the word and the faith of Jesus Christ. So those are those three gifts together. And then there's also gifts of demonstration or gifts that help us act like God. Those gifts would be gifts of miracles. Something that is just beyond the realm of possibility in the natural world to happen and God causes it to happen, that's a miracle. There's gifts of healing. When God touches your gift of healing. And then there's also gifts of faith. Gifts to help us increase our trust and our belief in God that we can step out and take greater risks for the glory of God that we've never taken before. So those are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then there's the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. And without the, with, without the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts are no good. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but kind of being born and raised around a church that celebrates the moving of the Holy Spirit like this, sometimes there's people that can manipulate that and take it into our emotions. And we got to be careful about that. But there's also moments when we need to understand that God comes in with peace. He comes in with joy. He comes in with love. He comes in with faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. It draws people unto the Lord. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that those are the wings on either side. But I love the last part of just finishing up this whole dove thing, because I can and I want to, and I got the mic and you're listening. Ephesians chapter 4 says there are five ministry gifts that are here to equip you for every good work that God has predestined for you to accomplish. Isn't that what I even talked about from Ephesians chapter 2 this morning? That God has given you a measure of grace. He has set you into destiny for a purpose and a plan in your life. That God has given you a fire to reach your purpose and plan that he has in your life. The f on the tail feather of a dove are five main feathers. So the five gifts that God gives to the church according to Ephesians chapter 4, I kind of do it with my hand because it helps me remember it easier this way. The thumb, I call it, is the apostle. 
right? The apostle comes and he works along with prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and he helps lead and guide the church as a whole. There's different people throughout the world that have an apostolic gift upon their life that work in the prophetic and work as an evangelist and work with pastors and give wonderful teaching. Somebody that I'm sure that many of you know that I know he's been here several times that I consider to have an apostolic gift in his life is Johannes Armritzer. He, uh, to me, he is a modern-day apostle for the glory of Jesus Christ. So that's the thumb, right? Works with all the other ones, right? But then there's also the prophet, right? The prophet is very uncomfortable because he points a lot of things out, right? A lot of times we assume all this prophecy is like, you know, somebody comes up and says, oh, God wants to bless you. His presence is for you. He's good and enjoy. And while that's definitely some of it, the prophet really gets specific. Somebody ever comes to you and says they have a word of prophecy for you and it's some big general jargon, take it with a grain of salt, thank them and walk away and let it go back out the other ear. All right? A prophet is very specific. He points things out. Uh, for instance, even this morning, somebody even came to me this morning, and, and it happens on regular occurrence. They say, how did, how did you know what to pray for? How, how did you begin to speak that into my life? Because God, there's companion gifts. God works these gifts together. He gives gifts of knowledge and wisdom. And so I felt like I had a word of, of knowledge for someone, and I began to pray that and speak that out into their life and prophetically speak over them. And God takes gifts and uses them together. So much even like faith and healing, it takes faith to believe for a healing, that you step out and tell somebody to get out of a wheelchair. It takes faith to pick them up. When Peter and John went to the lame man at the gate called Beautiful going to church, the guy that he didn't get healed until they actually reached down and pick him up. So it takes faith. So there's gifts that work together. So this is the gift of the prophet that he points things out, right? So you got the apostle, you got the prophet, and then you got the evangelist, right? He the middle finger. What? What? Sometimes the evangelist is abrasive, right? But oftentimes he's out in front and he's reaching people that the others can't reach. He's getting to people that the others can't get to. That's what an evangelist does. We're all called to do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to reach our loved ones for the glory of Jesus Christ, right? So you got the prophet, you got the, uh, you got the apostle, prophet, evangelist, now you got the pastor. The pastor is married to the church. She cares and she guides for the church. She walks alongside you. She'll be there when you're in sickness, whenever your family's going through tragedy and pain. She'll be there to cheer you on. She'll be there to marry you and encourage you along the way on the greatest day of your life. The pastor is married to the church. They're the ones that stick around the flock and, and, and encourage them, right? That, that's, that's the pastor. And then you got the teacher, right? The teacher, oftentimes the most neglected out of all the five ministry gifts, right? A teacher that oftentimes we think is not important, a lot of times we call, we call people that when, they, when they're speaking, if they're not like getting with it and spitting like I do or whatever, we don't waste all, they're just teaching. Well, that's not true. Teaching is actually bringing up disciples, helping people in their walk with the Lord. That's what a teacher does. It lets people learn more about God, right? And oftentimes we think that's the most neglected gift of them all, but here's the deal. If you were to lose your pinky, you lose over 80% of your gripping power. You can't grasp without your pinky. Say, Tim, what am I saying? If we lose di discipleship in church, if we don't sharpen one another and helping one another along in our walk and our knowledge of the Lord, we will lose full grasp of what the God wants to do in our life. 
So those are the five ministry gifts, but they're all there to equip you to navigate through life. The dove uses its tail feathers to navigate through the winds of the world. This is what the ministry gifts are for, to help you navigate and help you perform and do what God has asked you to do in your life. So that's the wonderful truth about the Holy Spirit and the dove, right? But John goes on to say that he would baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire, right? Fire for what? It's like the prophet said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't help but let out the glory of God that's on the inside of me. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is not just to bring you peace and comfort, although that's one of his main roles. He's a paraclete. He's a comforter. He'll stick close with you. He'll guide you into all truth. But Jesus said in John chapter 16 that the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring glory and honor to the Son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the one that died on the cross. Jesus is the one that got up out of the grave. And it's in the name of Jesus that man is saved. So the power of the Holy Spirit is now available for us to be a witness for him. Not to be the judge and the jury, but to be the witness for the glory of God. That we give people opportunity to be connected to the same source of love and peace that we are now connected to. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And this is why this is so powerful tonight. That Think about this. You're going to be able to go home tonight, and maybe your friends or your family member that's sitting in your living room can't believe you came out to church on a Sunday night. You are going to be so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that when you step into that room, God's going to be able to give you gifts of wisdom or knowledge or discernment. You might be able to lay your hands on that loved one that's been laid up in that wheelchair, and they're going to get out in the name of Jesus because of the power and the grace of God that is alive and moving inside of you right now. It all starts with receiving what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Full immersion. Being, God, I surrender everything I have to the power of God. Now, God is a God of, air, of clarity and order. You will not be, you'll not have to worry about and wonder whether or not did I receive the baptism? Do I have the power of God inside of me? Is this really working? Like, you, there'll be no doubt in your mind. Just as it is when you're saved. I've never had to convince anybody they're saved. Never once. I've never had to convince anybody that when you're saved, you know you're saved. You know, if there's doubt in your mind of whether or not you're saved, you're not. I know that I say, I'm saved. I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded. I know I'm saved. And the first outward sign that happens is, is that I start living a life closer and closer to Jesus every day. That's the first outward sign that happens. And then once I'm saved, I'm also water baptized because I want what's on the inside of me to also be shown what's on the outside of me. And so we, we have these moments and times and you can go uh, to the Freedom Valley app or ask one of the pastors or somebody, if you've yet to be water baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. They do it here on a regular basis. All that is, it's a symbol that when you go down into the water, it's a symbol that the old life is gone. And when you come up out of the water, it's a symbol that you are now living by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not a deeper commitment. It's walking in obedience with the Lord because Jesus did it and he asked us to do it as well. It's saying, God, I'm with you. What is on the inside of me is now going to change what is on the outside of me. 
And the first outward sign that happens when you get water baptized is that you get wet. Come on. I want to encourage you with this tonight. At your water baptism, if you didn't get wet, you may want to get a mulligan, right? Get a redo. Ask, ask for your money back or something. I don't know. Because it didn't go right. You should have gotten wet. Right? So when you're saved, you begin to live a life closer to the Lord. When you get water baptized, you get wet. And just as it is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a way that you will know. God is a God of clarity and order. Now, this is where people start getting freaked out. They say, I don't want to speak in tongues. You don't have to. You just won't ever receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say, why does it have to be speaking in tongues? Why does that have to be the first outward sign? Why? The Lord spoke the world into existence. Proverbs says our tongue has the power to speak life or death. Jesus said, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. And according to Acts chapter 2, 10, and 19, every believer that was baptized in the Holy Spirit, they did a lot of different things. Some of them magnified God, some of them prophesied, some of them glorified the Lord, but every one of them began to speak in a language that they hadn't spoken in before. The book of James says that our tongue, even though it's the smallest part of our body, wherever our tongue goes, the rest of our body and our life goes that way. It's the hardest part of our body to tame, just like the rudder on a ship. Even though that rudder is one of the smallest parts of a ship, whichever way that rudder points, the whole ship has to go that direction. So it is when we are immersed, when we are full of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, why wouldn't it be that the hardest part of our body to tame, we make it come under submission as the Holy Spirit gives us the ability, we begin to speak in a language that is not our own. Now I want to say this to you. It's not God reaching his arm down out of heaven and grabbing hold of your tongue and flapping it around. It's you speaking. You make a conscious decision. You're not gonna like pass out in some catatonic state and like wonder what just happened. No, that's not of God. God doesn't make you pass out. God gives you power to live. He doesn't make you incoherent. He makes you more aware of what he's doing in your life. So tonight, this is power to be a witness. It opens up the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It opens up an avenue that we are now able to receive even in a deeper way from the five ministry gifts so that we can be equipped to reach every one of our friends and our family members that do not know the Lord. Say, Tim, how does that work? How would our family members know more about God because we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? day of Pentecost when it happens the power of the Holy Spirit spirit gets poured out people start coming around asking questions what is happening what are they doing in there they're just a bunch of uneducated fishermen why do they why are they speaking in my language how is that working with them and then people like even the people come and ask me all the time those they'll, they'll they'll find on our on our website or on, our, on on some social media things some miracle that happened or things that have happened in our lives they go how does that happen can you make that happen for me? You know, and they want to ask questions. When, when the supernatural begins to happen, it causes curiosity to rise up. And people want to know what happened. They want to know why. Let me tell you something. When people begin to ask you questions about God, it's a whole lot easier to lead them to Him. This is what the power of the Holy Spirit does. It just raises up a boldness inside of us. He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Tonight, in this room, 
We are going to believe for miracles and signs and wonders to happen because the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us in this room right now. We told you we were going to pray for miracles and healings. We're definitely going to do that. But how amazing would it be if it wasn't just me praying for people and seeing miracles happen, but how awesome would it be that all of a sudden everybody in the room is now in equipped, power-infused, Holy Spirit, tongue-speaking, for the glory of God person that walks out and ministers to every person you come in contact with. It's almost like the Apostle Peter, that when he was walking down even the streets and the roads of towns, the Bible said that he Peter was so infused with the power of God that even as his shadow passed over people, they were touched by the power of God because Peter was so saturated with the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. I wonder how many of us in the room tonight, we say, Tim, we have friends and family members that do not know the Lord. Come on, if that's you, lift your hand right where you are. Yeah. How many, how many would like to see them know Jesus as their Savior? Well, here's the deal. God wants to use you. We, we pray all the time, you know, God, he'll save our loved ones, do this, do that. And meanwhile, God said, I'm trying to, and I'm trying to reach them through you. The answer to your prayer just might be you. Let's be open and available to what God has for us tonight. Amen. Come on, would you stand in this house with me? watch God do miracles and signs and wonders all the time. God is a good God. We've delivered his word this week. I know your pastor and the team here has delivered God's word week after week after week. And when you, when you give God's word, God confirms his word. So I believe that's going to happen tonight. No doubt in my mind. I, I, listen, I believe this. God's going to cause blood levels to come back into order. Right? Like even just last week, God, God gave me a word of knowledge that someone was going to come and receive a new spleen. I've never prayed for a new spleen in my life. You started making me think of different organs that I've never thought of before. But I mean, that's weird. I said, God's going to give somebody a new spleen. I said that on Sunday morning and just kind of said it and then went on with it. And then I'm praying with somebody on, on Monday night this past week in Harrisburg. And she's, I said, what do you need prayer for? She goes, I need a new spleen. Stop it. Right? So God has that way. So there's going to be moments in time where, where God's going to speak a certain specific thing. And listen, here's the deal. When God reveals it, he heals it. It's not just a catchy saying. It's truth. When God reveals things, he heals things. So tonight, let's be open to whatever God has for us tonight. We're, they're, they're going to continue to lead us for a little bit longer. We're not going to run a marathon here tonight, anything like that. But God's presence is so good in this house. How many have already received a touch from the Lord tonight? I mean, God's presence is good. Come on, all over this place, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Lift your heart to the Lord. Say, Tim, why do we do this? Because it's surrender. It gets us out of our comfort zone. It says, God, we surrender to you right now. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender our minds. We surrender our words. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, Lord. You're our rock. You're our redeemer. We trust you. God, have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Come on, just begin to thank God for all he's done in your life. Begin to thank the Lord for all he's done. your hand up and you're able to if you're physically able would you just come and so we can get to you a little bit easier and can you come and just kind of line right across the front here yeah that's awesome thank you hallelujah as you come you come in faith many of you are already healed on your way up here right now in jesus name that's it come on up as close as you can get guys it'll make it easier on us thank you hallelujah around the world and seen a lot of different things and 
I've sensed God's presence like I've never sensed before and watched crazy things happen. People get out of wheelchairs, broken arms straighten out right in front of my eyes. I watched a guy throw up a tumor. I mean, all kinds of crazy, weird stuff. But can I tell you, I can sense the presence of God in this house right now more than what I've ever sensed in my life. So you don't need me to pray for you. You need Jesus. You reach out to him right now. I'm going to pray with you as fast. I'm going to pray with as many of you as I can. And I'm like, listen, but don't, you don't need me. You need Jesus. Reach out to him tonight. My God is in this house. Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Hallelujah. If you have a friend or family member up here, you can, I'm, I'm going to invite you. You don't have to sit back and watch. Listen, if you're, gonna, if you're staying in your seat, that's cool. That's fine. No, no pressure or anything like that. But don't get caught watching tonight, all right? Get caught participating. Don't be a spectator. Participate tonight. Participate in what the Lord wants to do all over this room. Come on. In the name of Jesus, Lord, under the authority you've given us as believers, God, I command healing to come into every body and every mind right now in this room in Jesus' name. I come against the attack of every spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may faith arise right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tom's going to lead us in worship. And as he does, listen to me. You get caught watching worship in the Lord. Lift your eyes. Lift your voice to the Lord. Allow him to minister and meet you right where you are. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, receive the touch of God in this house right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Lord.
physically you weren't able to do before like Elaine wasn't able to fully hear out of that left ear now she is right so <laughs> that just happened by the way I don't know if you know that or not God just touched you a little bit but if you were physically unable to do something before like I told you I dared you to hope this morning I dare you in faith right now if you were physically unable to do something before maybe it was lift your hands up or touch your toes or I don't know see hear taste touch I remember there's a girl I prayed we prayed with in um, Groton New York she was born without the sense of smell and right so she comes forward to, and, and so I press okay well what's the first thing you want to smell she had horses she goes I want to smell my horse I'm like pick something else you know God, God touches her right there. You remember that, Kate? What's that girl's name? Charlotte. That's it, Charlotte. So listen, if you were physically unable to do something before, 
I dare you to do it right now in Jesus' name. Even if we didn't get to come pray with you, God's presence is that good in this house. He, he probably touched you anyway. All right? So go ahead right now. If you weren't able to move, do something before, go ahead in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, do it right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. That's awesome. Now look, if you're here tonight, I want to give you one more opportunity tonight. Well, two. And my third and final closing. If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, by this point, I hope you have understood how much God loves you. That He's willing to do whatever He can possibly do to let you know how much He loves you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is your moment to say, God, I need you. Surrender your life to Him. Every person that will ever spend eternity in heaven will have made this decision, will have surrendered their life to Jesus. So if you're in the room tonight and say, Tim, I do not know Jesus as my Savior tonight, I want to make that decision to follow Him. If that's you, come on, right here, right now, where you are, come on, would you lift your hand right where you are? I, uh, that, that way we're gonna, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I know on a Sunday night, probably most of us that come in the room, we know Jesus, but maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Him. I want to give you the opportunity right now. If not, we're going to move on to something else before we leave here tonight. I'm going to just give you one chance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's what we're going to do tonight. I was talking about the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit in our life. How many of you here tonight say, Tim, I want more of God in my life. Even so much, God, I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want those nine gifts. I want those nine fruit. I want to be able to minister to people and speak the hope and the love of Jesus Christ and my friends and my family members like I've never been able to do before. And say, Tim, tonight, I'm ready to receive power to be a witness for the cause of Jesus Christ. If that's you, and say, Tim, tonight, I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for God. If you say, Tim, that's me, come on, would you lift your hand right where you are tonight and say, Tim, I want to receive what God has for me tonight. That's it. Yeah, that's awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. You know what the amazing thing is? God only fills those who are hungry. And you're hungry because you're still here. Almost two hours into when we started, and you may not even realize that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But we're, you're still here. You're hungry. Come on, if you have your hand up, can you kind of make your way into this center area some way. If you're standing here, that's cool. You can stay where you are. Don't feel like, don't let anybody distract you. If God's speaking to you right now, you stay focused on what God wants to do in your life. That's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is fun. Wow. Here's some new ministry leaders for you. I love this part. Now look, here's what we're going to do. We're simply going to pray. Right? Just, just as you receive salvation, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift that's available to everybody. You don't have to work yourself up into some emotional frenzy. You don't have to have the right song playing at the right decibel level and then just start hoping God's going to start wagging your tongue around for you some way. The power of the Holy Spirit is not to speak in tongues. The power of the Holy Spirit is to receive boldness to witness. All right? Now, you're going to know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit because the first thing that's going to happen to you, you're going to realize, wow, I can do something I was not able to do before. You're going to be able to speak a language that you never spoke before. You know, a lot of times with my kids, actually every one of my kids, <laughs> this is manipulation. This is not what we're going to do, but I'm just, I want to give, give you an illustration. 
I'd take my kids, right? And I'd set them down in front of me as a little baby. Would, I'd sit on the recliner, put the, the feet thing up and put my knees up and then set my kid right in front of me. And I'd just, I'd hold him. I'd go, dad, 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 you know? So they would, every one of my kids, their first word was dad, dad. Come on, somebody. I was four for four. At four for four. Four for four. I said that to say, sometimes when you start speaking a new language, it's just, it'll sound like gibberish to you. You might feel uncomfortable, but it's okay. This is why it's faith. You receive salvation by faith. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by faith. You're not gonna, sooner or later, that's gonna take, and you're not even gonna care what anybody else thinks. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. It gives you boldness. It's, it's amazing. I can tell you, this happened for me when I was seven years old, right? I knew next to nothing about anything, but I knew I wanted more of God, all right? How many, I, I assume you're here because you want more of God, right? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to pray. Can I encourage, you know, any of the prayer team? That's awesome. But I, I also want to say nobody needs coached. Nobody needs manipulated. No shakers, leaners, or pushers, all right? That's always my little jingle that I have because God doesn't need help, all right? He just needs us to say, here I am, send me, all right? So as we begin to worship, I'm going to invite those of you that have come to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to begin to worship with us. We're going to continue to sing and worship the Lord. You, 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 you might just be singing in English and all of a sudden something's going to take over and the power of God's going to overwhelm you. And you begin to speak by faith. Whether well, there's things that are being placed inside you, you let them come out in the name of Jesus. The, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just about what's coming on the outside. It's about really more so what's coming out of the inside. Because you have already have the Holy Spirit inside you when you were saved. You already have the Holy Spirit inside you when you were saved. Now all you got to do is let him out. That's it. You got him on the inside, now let him be on the outside. You ready? Come on all across this place. So would you lift your hands to the Lord? As we begin to sing and worship the Lord tonight in this house, allow the presence of God just to touch your heart right where you are. He's going to give you power to win souls in Jesus' name. It's all about being a soul winner. It's all about reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. This is not the time to let the cat get your tongue. This is the time to start worshiping the Lord in this house. Thank him for all that he's done in your life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, worship him tonight. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. Nothing just Something that's That will bless you. God, we surrender ourselves to you. you search much we surrender ourselves to you, Jesus. God, have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. Come back to Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. 
Come on, press into God. Worship Him tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's about you, Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit is all about you. Jesus, you're the baptizer. You're the baptizer. You give us power to speak about you, to do your ministry in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, more of you. More of you and less of us, God. More of you and less of us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I wouldn't do this with many evangelists and communicators, but I feel like Tim's just one of us. And I know God gave me a word I got to share. Matthew 18, 2 through 4, Jesus, he, he, he grabs a little child and he says, he called the little child to him and placed the child among them and he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of a child is the greatest of the kingdom of heaven. I've got three kids. Two of them learned to talk by trying out words. They tried dada, they tried mom, they tried food, they tried more. But the middle child is a little different, and he just tried gibberish all the time. He didn't try to say words, he didn't try to say what he knew. He only made the most ridiculous noises in the world, and it made no sense to me. But one day he just started talking. You gotta be like a child. It isn't about you and it isn't about your words, it's about opening your mouth. And if that starts with words you already know, then do that. Say every single word about God you know. Say the name of Jesus, say the name Lord, say thank you, say I love you, say I need more of you, say I want more of you, say I'm desperate for you, and speak those words and speak those words and speak those words and speak those words, and you don't stop until a new word comes out. That's the opposite of how Link turned to talk. He said gibberish and gibberish and gibberish and gibberish and gibberish until a real word came out. Can you learn the other way right now? Can you speak out the words you know? Speak them out in boldness because a little child doesn't care if he's embarrassed around others. He cares that he's learning to talk. Do you care that you're embarrassed around others? Do you care that you're going to learn to talk? Have the faith of a little child here today. And we're going to start calling out together in words you know. In words you know, in words you know until you're saying words you don't. And guess what? Your father will want those words more than any others you'll ever speak. So start calling out right now. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now speak the words of him. Give him the power in your life. So you know, you can feel it rising up in you right now. You're starting to feel something in your stomach. Don't stop because your muscles are tired. Don't stop because your voice is hoarse. Cry out to him until there's no words left to say, but the words he'll give you. The sound of your voice is pleasing to his ears. The name of Jesus on your lips. Hope in your hearts. Come on, if you've already received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you right now. The Bible says the gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So if you already have that prayer language, I want to encourage you right now to begin to pray out loud as the Lord leads you right now. Come on, all across this room, begin to pray out loud as the Lord leads you. Fill the air around you with the praises of God as the Lord leads and guides and directs you. If you've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receive right now in Jesus' name. Allow what is on the inside of you to come on the outside of you right now in Jesus name come on all across this place thank you Jesus thank you Jesus that's the presence of God man now just let him do whatever he wants in the name of Jesus we surrender to you Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're never going to be the same again, brother. You're never going to be the same again. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, church. Pray, pray, pray in the Holy Spirit tonight. Pray in the Holy Spirit tonight. He's going to lead you and guide you. You're going to be praying for things and people. You had no idea God was going to use you to change in the name of Jesus. God moves in like big powerful moments you know and sometimes it's in still small moments you know I've learned this about being around the moving of the Holy Spirit is that he moves right he moves he, he does different things in different ways for different people it's always according to God's Word but the Holy Spirit changes in the way he likes to speak to certain people at certain times. It's kind of like this. We're beach people. My wife and I, we love the beach, right? I absolutely, if God would ever let me, I'm moving to the beach. I'm just telling you that right now. Y'all can come down, spend a week or weekend. No, spend like a day or two because then I'll probably kick y'all out. But you're more than welcome to come down and say hello. How about that? We'll do that. 
I love being at the beach. My kids, we love playing around in the, in the beach. We love going out into the water and catching waves, you know, and doing the body surfing thing. But the best thing is when you catch a really good wave and you come in, that's one of the first things I do. I can, once I kind of gather myself and know what's going on, I turn around and I try and find the next one. The Holy Spirit's moved in one wave. Now here comes another. All right? We've seen him bring peace tonight. We've seen him bring healing tonight. Listen, we've seen him baptize people in the Holy Spirit tonight. Now this might just be, in just a moment, it's just still and small. Oftentimes God doesn't want to speak in the tornado and in the storm, but he wants to speak in the stillness. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes it's so powerful just to be still and know that I am God, the Lord says. Can we do that for just a moment tonight? Allow God to begin to speak to you on the deep, on the inside. Then what he does on the inside, you allow that to come out. Those of you that maybe you've yet to be baptized, some of you have, some of you haven't. Allow what's on the inside to come out right now in Jesus' name.
you, Lord. gifts the amazing part about the Holy Spirit is that he uses people like us right people that have shortcomings and abilities we're not perfect I mean not even close right some of us not even close and God sometimes wants to speak through people like that to prove how good he is that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for and so that was kind of a word of encouragement to where God's reaching out to you will reach will you reach out to him in your race of life God wants to run with you he wants to walk with you every step of the way you just need to be in step with him that's all he loves you the scripture's clear what you do when things like that happen when people speak through the power of the Holy Spirit we we make sure it lines up with God's word. There's nothing contrary to that. And what, what she said was lined up straight with God's word, right? God wants to walk with you. He'll stick closer than even a brother does. That the Lord reaches out to us. We just need to draw near to God. And the Bible says God will draw near to us. So it's very biblical what she said, right? And then the second thing we do is we decide whether or not it bears witness with us. Which means like it agrees in our spirit. How many tonight could say, you know what? I know God's reaching out to me, and tonight I want to reach out to him. Come on, if that's you, would you lift your hand right? So look, it agrees with you. So now that's past kind of the, the, the parameters of saying, okay, God's speaking to us. God's speaking to us tonight. I'm excited for what the Lord has going on in Freedom Valley. Amen? I'm excited for what God is doing in our lives. So look, I'm going to pray. What, the one thing we do before we leave every church, anytime we go anywhere, any church or around the world, what we do is we always pray for the pastor and their family. All right? So can we do that right now before we kind of, you know, give the service, I think Jason or somebody's going to come. And I, don't, I don't know who's going to close out. But tonight, Lord, I trust you tonight. Lord, I thank you for Candace. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the leadership and the ability and the gifting that you've placed in her life. But Lord, she's not just the pastor here, but God, she's a mom. She's a wife. She's a daughter. God, she's a follower of Jesus. So Lord, I pray this year would be the greatest year of growth she's ever experienced personally with you. God, I pray this year she would hear your voice like she's never heard you before. God, I pray there would be such a, a holy confidence that rises up on the inside of her. Lord, that it would squelch out any doubt or any outside noise that might be coming in. Lord, any Lord, any uncertainty of what to do next, God. Lord, as she picks up her feet, you set her down right where you want her to be in the name of Jesus. God, I, 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 
Lord, I speak divine opportunities and divine relationships. Lord, divine appointments in her life in the name of Jesus. Lord, doors that were once closed, uh, Lord, to what you, uh, what you wanted to do in this community and in this area through this church. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that this is the year of open doors in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I pray for, Lord, errands and hers to surround her, to lift her hands up when she grows tired and weary. Lord, when she is exhausted from giving out and giving out, Lord, I pray you would pour into her every morning. May the mercy of God renew her and rejuvenate her every morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for clarity of mind. Lord, a clear vision. Lord, like she's never had before in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you would give her the lion's share of your anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, when she speaks your word, when she stands and proclaims the word of Jesus Christ, Lord, when she sits down and meets with people, Lord, when she goes and, and, and visits with people, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the anointing of God that would be so strongly upon her, Lord, that she would accurately and so descriptively declare the glory and the presence of God, Lord, as you relate to every man, woman, and child in Adams County in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I speak safety over her children. God, I pray you would bless crew. Lord, bless Tullyton, Tully tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that, that they would know you. Lord, that they would know your presence like never before. God, that they would be safe. Lord, in, 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 in the areas where we're not able to minister. Lord, in the areas and times where it takes us away from being parents. Lord, I pray you would be that parent to them that they need in that moment. God, we trust you with our children tonight. In the name of Jesus. God, thank you for Aaron. Lord, I pray you would surround him like never before. God, I pray you would give him a new voice like he's never had in the name of Jesus. God, even a relationship that had opened doors in the past that those doors would have led to other things before, but now, God, that person... They're going to get saved. They're, they're, they're going to know you, and it's going to open up a different door for him, Lord. I pray you'd give him the wisdom like he's never seen in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray he would have discernment like he's never had in the name of Jesus. God, I pray he'd have clarity like he's never had. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this would be the best year of marriage Candace and Aaron have ever experienced. Lord, after what, the uh, Lord, you've allowed them to go through, and Lord, as you've perfected their faith over the last several months and year, uh, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would now build them up. Lord, what is... Uh, Lord, all that is dissipated, all the all this strength, all that's been given out, Lord, I pray, Lord, you just wouldn't put it back to the way it was, but God, you would fully restore it to the way you intend it to be, moving forward in the name of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for the, the staff and the volunteers that are here. God, I pray you would just anoint them to, 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 to lift up the name of Jesus in unity and clarity in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for uh, Lord uh, more volunteers than what have ever happened before. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, they'd have a parking problem for all the people who are going to be coming in this place in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray they'd have the highest water bill they've ever had because the amount of baptisms they're going to have to have this year in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I thank you for the goodness of God that's in this house. I thank you for the leading of your Holy Spirit. Now, I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you and give you peace and grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you receive that tonight, give God a big shout of praise in this house in Jesus' name. Now look, if I don't get to come back before Jesus does, listen, when you get to heaven, I tell you this, every time I'm here, I tell you this, because I mean it. Listen, get the main street in heaven. You'll know which one it is. It has a crystal river running right down through the middle of it. Get there. All right, get there. And you stick your hand out, because I'm going to be the guy running up and down. You think I run around and do crazy stuff here. Guess what's gonna go, what it's going to look like in heaven. Listen, you stick your hand out, because I'm going to be looking to give high fives from all my friends from Freedom Valley at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. All right? I cannot wait to see what God has in store for this place. But you know what? The future is now. It starts now. More is now. It's now. Reach your loved ones now. Don't wait another day. Get involved now like you never have before in Jesus. And worship him like you've never worshiped him before. And get and dig into God's word like you've never dug in before. Know him like you've never known him before. You believe that? love you guys thanks so much for a tremendous weekend thank you i love 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 you 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 i love the sound people i love you i love my wife jason come take the microphone for crying out loud it's like before you move anywhere tim um we we asked him to come out here was it a year and a half ago two years ago and uh for years, Johannes had been, he is the apostle for this church in so many ways, and it speaks to us in so many ways. Um, but when we talk about communicators after, and when we want them back, how we want them, when we want them next, every time we say, Tim just is us. He is Freedom Valley. And he mentioned, you know, the leadership and how hard it is. And, and as a leader, I know leadership is lonely, but I live with my family and I worship with them every week. Tim is traveling all over the state, all over the country, all over the world, and, and I cannot imagine that kind of loneliness. So we're going to take a second as his family, and we're going to pray with him because he is us. And I'm going to ask you to not forget him in your prayers until he comes here again. So would you join me as we pray over Tim? Can you... Where's your, I, I know she was over there. She, come on up, and we want to pray. I, I wouldn't. So let, we're going to pray over Tim and his wife right now. So would you extend out a hand? Would you, would you pray with us? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so many ways for the, all of the giftings and the outpouring, for, for the addition to our family, for this extended family, these, these cousins that, 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 that they just live far away and they're a little crazy, God. We thank you for them. And right now, God, we pray for an outpouring of your blessing, for newness of vision, for freshness, for, for new wine, Lord God, that you would, you would fuel them in ways that you haven't before, that you would give them vision in ways that you haven't before, that you would send them more family, more support, more, more financial support, more blessings, more opportunities, and the right opportunities, God, that, that they would have, have just the, the avenues to communicate, the places to speak, the, the ways in which to follow you, God. Would you speak to their children and minister to their children, God, that, that, that they would be blessings just poured out upon them, that, that they would know that they are following you because their kids are always being blessed left and right. You would give safety to them in their travels, God. Protect them and watch over them. Minister to them, God. 
I thank you for the outpouring that they have been here in this place. And I ask that you would continue to grow them to us, guide them back to us, and allow us to be a blessing in every way that we can to them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our family. We thank you for our family, and we ask that it would not be long until we see each other again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you thank Tim one more time? Thank the Bennetts for being here with us. I want to thank you guys for being with us all weekend, for worshiping God, and, and I just want to celebrate with you one more time. Thank you so much. We're here for the more prayer services, first one, Sunday of every month. We'll see you next month, and we'll see you next week at V Church. Thanks so much for being with us. We love you.